Million is a key player in the hip-hop scene, and he's joined The Antidote. It's great to have a chance for a talk with you. Hey, I'm happy to have the opportunity to be here and speak with you guys as well. You've been into the music scene for a long time, but you began by supporting other artists. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I I actually uh, started doing some writing and uh, assisting other artists because I I didn't really have the knowledge on how to be uh, an artist. I was interested in it. And so I felt that the best way was to just learn uh, from those who were already doing music and who were where I wanted to be to learn from them and also uh, be able to provide any assistance that I could. And so I had a pen I was able to write. I had an ear for catchy hooks and uh, really nice verses. And so I just began by just writing and helping others until um, I got to a point where I felt I was comfortable to do music on my own. Then what was it that made you want to make the jump into recording your own music? Um, I just tried other things. Uh, My mom has always had me in church, and so I've always been uh, heavily rooted into ministry. And so uh, I was in different parts of ministry. I started serving as a audio visual tech, and then Um, I went from there to drama, from drama to dance. And the thing that fit was music for me. Um, And my church embraced Christian hip hop music and the uh, art form of rap in ministry. And uh, once I saw that uh, on stage and I I saw what that looked like, I felt that I could uh, attribute something and add something to that that could bring something different. And that would be great. So I decided to make the jump from there. That's excellent that your church supported you that way because so many Christians struggle with the whole concept of hip-hop and rap fitting into Christianity. Yes, and I understand that and I get it. You know, even to this day, you would think that uh, it would be widely accepted with the success of everything and the success of different artists, but um, it's not, and I understand that. And whenever I'm asked why or what is the thing that allows me to be consistent is simply results. Having the opportunity to tell people what God has done through this art form and seeing lives change, seeing kids tell me, hey, you know what, I was having a horrible day, but I prayed and then I heard this song and it really inspired me. Or I heard your testimony and and I'm walking through some of the same things and God has been able to do some things in my life. And so I'm a man about results. Everything I do is centered around results. And so when I see the results of the music and I see the results of the testimony through the music, for me, it's undeniable. Well, you raised the point about hip-hop having many popular Christian artists, guys like Lecrae and Andy Mineo, Tripoli, and some people you've worked with, Canton Jones and James Fortune. Yes. Is hip-hop a key way to spread the gospel? I think it is. Um, I think it is. You know, uh, in the Bible times, people who were speaking and they were the ones who followed, you know, if you had a great ability to speak and to gather a crowd and you had charisma— that was a way for you to be able to, to spread the gospel. And now we have this art form that is hip hop. And now we're able to use that in any median uh, to spread the gospel, be it movies, be it concerts, be it soundtracks uh, in, in any medium or any form. I think uh, if you have an opportunity to reach large masses with the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, I think it's, it's a tool that can be used and it's a tool that can be used greatly. Well, with yourself, much of your music carries the theme of revealing God's love and grace. Who are you aiming the message to, though? Is it believers or those who don't know Christ? 
I think it's both. Uh, for me, it's uh, believers, because as believers, we go through things and we constantly need reassurance and reaffirmation simply because of the way that life goes, of how good that God is. And for those who are lost, they need to understand that there is a God that loves them. There's a God that cares for them and a God that wants to see the best happen in their life and is ready, willing and able to open his arms and love them uh, like they've never been loved before. And so I think it reaches uh, uh, both spectrum for those who are loved and those who need to be loved. One thing with artists who have a very strong Christian message, I mean, it's easy to have the doors opened up for a church to support them and to play there, but it's not so common to have that happening when it's just in a club. You have any issues with that? No, not at all. I believe that um, God has each one of us uh, as ministers on different paths. And um, there are some artists that I know uh, there's a group uh, out of California called Hog Mob, and um, there's an artist there by the name of Seven, and uh, there's some other artists there, Bizzle, and um, they're geared towards more of that crowd. And I think that in the body, everybody shouldn't try to aim to do the same thing. I have done clubs before. Um, that's not the meat of what I do, but there are guys out there who do that, and their whole life is dedicated to being in the clubs, being in those those areas. Um, most of my events are, like you said, are in churches, but I also have a nonprofit in which I dedicate a lot of my time and my resources to the community. And so while I may not be in the clubs, I'm in the community helping uh, kids and youth and young adults to better their life and showing them the love of God through philanthropy. And uh, so I think that we all have different uh, parts that we play. And I think that if we all uh, get to it, that everyone will get serviced and it doesn't discourage me at all. I enjoy it. And I enjoy seeing those guys succeed as well as they enjoy seeing me succeed. Well, you spoke a moment ago about a nonprofit, and I think that sort of fits with every single artist I meet with. I mean, who's making money? Now, right. with taking on the name Million, are you hoping to change that? awesome that's a great question well um just to give you some history my name used to be k busy i started in the year 2000 um and it was a kind of era where those kind of names were were popular and so um, my name is keenan of course and so i went with k busy and that was the name that i have and my goal was to reach a million souls i partnered with canton jones and i came out with a song called just swaggin and um I did some other songs with Canton and through social media, the rise of YouTube and different things like that, we were able to reach a million souls. And so I felt like the goal that I had was maxed and I wanted to come up with something that was bigger than a million that I wouldn't have to keep changing. And so I coined the phrase million. Million means a number or value that cannot be totaled, tallied or counted. So it's an immeasurable number. And so that's what Million means. And um, so that's why I came up with that name. And so my mission, as well as my name, is to reach an immeasurable number of people for Jesus. Now, on the money side, I'm glad to say that, you know, I haven't missed a meal. Um, I live a very uh, good life, in my opinion. I come from nothing. Um, A single parent household. My father was a drug dealer. He died at a very young age. Um, My mom did the best that she could to raise um, myself, my brother and my sister. And um, so I come from nothing. And so to be anywhere from there is great for me. I have a beautiful wife. I just have a brand new son. I have a wonderful house, a wonderful community. Um, And, you know, I don't lack much that I desire or that I need. And so for me, money isn't the driving force for the things that I do. 
um, because I'm not really in a, in a position to where I lack. I'm able to make money when I go do shows and people buy product. And that's good. But my wife will tell you most of the time I just reinvest it uh, to make more music. I really have a passion to do this. So whether I get paid or not, it's really relevant to me. Um, because God really has taken care of me beyond my wildest dreams. And um, I'm just happy to have an opportunity to create music at this level. And if I was to get more money, my object would be to create music at, a, at an even greater level, because that's really what I like to do. I think people need to know how good God is. I think that the world is being drowned in messaging that is poison, messaging that is uh, disappointing, messaging that is depressing. And I'm excited to have the opportunity to create uh, an avenue and, and messaging that gives them hope, that shows them the love of God and points them to Christ. And so if I get more money, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to make better music, make more music videos and do more tours. That's really that's where the money goes. And that's what I enjoy doing. And so that's kind of where I am. You've laid it out pretty clearly the direction that you wanted Millions music to go. And that came up on Welcome, the opening track of your 2013 album, I Live Millionic. It talks about how you want to be an example of what a true Christian should be. But a major difference between you and a lot of other Christian artists is that you don't mind taking on that Christian label. Why do other artists avoid that tag? Um, I can't speak for them specifically. Um, I know that what I've seen is that uh, the thought process is that somehow the Christian label uh, hinders you from reaching certain audiences because when they hear that you're a Christian artist, um, they they may not be as attracted or willing to listen because they're immediately closed off uh, because of the messaging. And so they feel that if they drop that label, that um, they would have an opportunity to reach more people or to reach people without the connotation of what that music used to sound like. For me, I like challenges. As I spoke to you earlier, I didn't live in a great neighborhood growing up. And so what I would always do is I would always create music and I would let the guys in my neighborhood hear it and see what they think. And one thing about these guys is these guys are, you're talking about drug dealers, you're talking about gangbangers, you're talking about people who aren't the, the best of the best uh, in the community, and they don't care about giving you an honest opinion. And so that's what I did. I created music at that point in time that I could get their approval on, because I know if I can get that their approval on the sound, on what I needed to work on, then everybody else was just a matter of time, if you will. And so for me, I never wanted to drop the label. I would rather... Uh, change the view of how the label itself is viewed so that when people think about Christian hip-hop music, they're not thinking corny, whack lyrics. They're thinking dope production, creative videos, creative albums, great graphics, great promotion, great tours. So I would rather change the label rather than drop the label because for me, I'm not going to hide Christ. You know, I didn't you know, there's a debate that says, are you a Christian hip hop artist or are you an artist that happens to be a Christian? Well, I didn't stumble on Christianity. I didn't fall and wake up one day and say, oh, uh, looks like I'm a Christian today. No, I made a choice. I made a decision to declare the glory of God in everything that I do. And that includes the gift that he's given me. That's well said. All of your music shares this confidence in your faith. And you bring that out on the song Never Scared from I Live Millionic. Most of us are scared at times and do have doubts. So how is it that you're so confident? Well, uh, I'm Never Scared simply talks about Jesus and about how um, I'm so dependent on him that it causes me not necessarily lose the fear, but lose the sting of fear, if you will. Um, being 
placed in positions where you have difficult conversations or or difficult uh, arenas that you're put in, like I mentioned before, and even I talk about it, never scared. I'm, it's not a problem for me to go to the uh, disparaged neighborhoods. It's not a problem for me to go to the projects. It's not a problem for me to go to the clubs. This is not a, an issue for me. I'm not scared to proclaim what God has done in any avenue and any aspect. And uh, for me, uh, it's not that fear is gone. It's that the sting of fear is no longer there. Uh, I'm so uh, assured of the goodness of God simply because what he's done in my life. I started this walk at a very young age and I got serious uh, around the end of my my schooling. And, uh, you know, I've seen God do some miraculous things. I talk about in one of my songs, I talk about my, my grandmother who was literally on her deathbed. We picked out the lipstick and a dress for her funeral because the cancer had just disparaged her body so much. And um, I went down to Atlanta and prayed and uh, you know, I really believe God. I really trusted God in this situation. And um, I'm glad to say that my grandmother is alive and well. And uh, the cancer is gone and she's uh, gone through her treatments and she's doing well. And uh, there was no need for the dress. There was no need for the lipstick for the funeral because she's alive and well. So that's just one of the many examples of of the things that God has, has done in my life. And so I'm constantly getting what my wife calls God winks or reaffirmations of who God is. And that's really where my confidence stems from. And not only in my life, when I hear what happens in the life of others, it almost lights a fire under me to reassure me of how good God is and how faithful God is, even when we're not. What if we flip that around? If your grandmother had passed away, how would you have responded to God at that point? Um, and I've had I've had the situations of that as well. Um, my faith and my belief in God isn't dependent on whether he heals somebody or not. My faith and belief in God is dependent on how faithful he is, because I don't know all. The Bible says we know in part, we see in part, we prophesy in part. And here's the situation. My grandmother is in pain and, and I could selfishly be praying for God to heal her. I could selfishly be praying, God, you know, I want my grandmother to live. I want to be able to spend time with her. I want to be able to to love on her and show her how loved she is. That's selfish because she's in pain. And so God has the whole process in mind. He's the ultimate chess player, as I call him. And so he looks at the heart of what's needed to be done outside of our selfish ambitions. And the truth be told, if she was in that much pain and she desired to go, I would desire for her to go, even if my prayer was for her to stay. Because I know that God has these things in his hand. He knows what's going on. He knows what's best for the situation. And um, I trust him regardless because he hasn't failed me yet, whether it's an answer prayer or unanswered prayer. God has never failed me. And I don't look at failure as this, hey, God, I need $5 tomorrow and I don't get $5 because he might be setting me up for a situation to where my faith needs to be increased. He might be setting me up for a situation to where $5 isn't enough. So he's positioning me to get more. We don't know. But all I know is I've put my trust in him since I was about 14 years old and I'm 32 now and he's never failed me. And so that's where my confidence comes from. And I'm just reassured whether a person lives or dies, whether they're healed or they're not, whether they make it through or not. I know that God is in control when we place him in control, when we give him the fullness of, of our lives, and um, he hasn't lost one yet. I suppose I should tell you that the antidote doesn't have an evangelical aim. And I also air all kinds of different music styles on this radio program. You already told us about what your music is about, 
But should there also be a place for music from Christians that just simply for entertainment? Yes, I think that there is. Uh, if you look at the Christian hip-hop spectrum, there's music that is strictly for entertainment. And I think that a lot of the artists that are coming out now are creating music that is strictly uh, for entertainment. Just out of the culture and what, what it is now, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm an 80s baby. I was born in 86, and so I came up in a different era where the messaging of the music was more on the forefront. And so that's what I come from. Um, but even some of my songs, I have a song called... Uh, Hands High. I have a new brand new single called West Go Crazy that just released from my album Passion. And um, these are really just fun songs. Now, for me, I can't not talk about the goodness of God. And so in in the song, even though they're party songs, I still talk about the goodness of God. But the vibe of them is, is real party, real turn up, real club friendly. Uh, that's really what these particular songs are about. But I think there's definitely a place for, for party music and people who just want to you know, turn the music up and drive on the highway without having to think, you know, about deep theological things or even in that aspect. And so I do think there's a place for entertainment intertwined with great messaging. In 2016, you brought out a perfect title track on the EP, Long Live the King. How did that song come about? Um, I felt like uh, the situation and the way that the world was in at that point in time, and even now, Uh, everybody's waving a flag. You know, everybody has a flag for whatever it is they stand for, be it uh, your your sexual lifestyle choice or be it uh, the racial tensions that are going on. Um, Everybody has a stance. Everybody has a flag that they're waving. And I wanted kind of in the midst of this debate um, of uh, Christian hip hop artists that's a Christian. And uh, even in that debate, I wanted to kind of be very reassuring on my stance when it comes to others and when they see me and when they hear my music. Uh, the flag that I wave is long live the king. I'm a fan of uh, watching older uh, setting movies where there's kings and queens, uh, Robin Hood kind of times and ancient uh, uh, Greece and kind of times, and they were very loyal to the king. And so whenever somebody brought up the king or whenever somebody said something, they would scream long live the king. And, uh, I wanted to kind of let that be the battle cry or the war cry, if you will, for that album and for my stance as who I am as an artist and as a person, that in everything, we make sure that we are, are in allegiance and total surrenderance to our King, who is Jesus Christ. We've been speaking a lot about your back catalog. You also have the new EP from Million is called Passion, and it's just released. I've heard that Passion is the first of an EP series that you're putting out this year. Yes, Passion is the first, and I'm uh, excited for the different portions of this EP series. Um, There's uh, another one coming in the fall of this year that I'm really excited about, and it's called Limitless. That's pretty much what the music is going to be from a genre standpoint. It will be Limitless. Um, It's nothing that I've ever heard done before, um, but again, as in as long live the king i live millionic or passion limitless is really talking about the limitless god that we serve and um my uh, thought process was that through passion we speak about a limitless god and um and so when you hear the genres of music and the collections of how the music fits together the messaging is all talking about the goodness of god but uh we want i want people to know that when they think about uh, christian music they shouldn't necessarily just think about hip-hop um, there's reggaeton music, there's 
pop music, there's uh, country music, there's blues, there's all kinds of things um, in which the genre of Christian music can be infiltrated in. And I tried to uh, paint a paintbrush uh, of all of those palettes, if you will, um, in the second installment, which is called Limitless. I'm just having a really tough time visualizing you doing country music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I try to stretch myself as an artist and uh, grow the audience with me. And so while, you know, I try to stay in my lane, I will try to grab someone who maybe is a little bit better at country music and have them do the country music part. And we kind of blend it together. And uh, I'm excited for people to hear it. I'm excited for people to hear all of the the different songs, and I think that people will enjoy it. The few close family and friends who have heard it are really excited, and you know they want me to put it out now because it's just so crazy, and yet it fits together, and so I'm excited about it. Well, you raised the point that every artist's music is going to evolve, or at least it should. Yes. I've heard some of that change come through on Passion. I mean, each of the tracks are so smooth. You're never hesitant about evolving your sound? Uh, No, I'm not. I'm very, very open. I've always been a very open and creative person. I started listening to uh, people like Bach and Beethoven uh, as my first introduction to music. Um, And then from there, there was a group called Bone Thugs and Harmony. And that was actually my second introduction to music. So imagine the spectrum of Beethoven and Bone Thugs and Harmony. And so for me... Uh, the paintbrush is, is very broad. The color palette is is wide. And so I love the opportunity to test out those colors. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm glad to say that, you know, everything that I've attempted has been successful uh, because I try to stay in what I know that I can confidently do. I don't try to uh, stay in other people's lane. I try to stay in my lane. I tell people all the time, you stay in your lane, it'll be less accidents. And so I try to stay in, in, in what I'm comfortable with as well as stretch myself and uh, let other people be great at what they're great at. Millian brings in the question, who am I on the Passion EP? That comes across to me as sounding pretty personal, you know, something that you experienced yourself. Can you tell us about the song? Yeah, definitely. Who am I is a song that is a very personal song. And um, I wanted to ask the question, uh, who am I? Uh, from the standpoint of of as an artist and as a person. And then I wanted to ask it from the standpoint of asking someone else, who are you? And so in the first verse, I address myself and I address myself as the artist. And I kind of give myself the hard talk, um, just reevaluating who I was and what I'm doing it for. And, you know, uh, there was a point that I was very discouraged uh, because I felt that the music I was creating should have uh, been able to uh, get me opportunities to have conversations with uh, bigger artists and be able to join teams with other artists. And, you know, that didn't happen uh, for one reason or another. And so I addressed that in it. And so that it was a moment where I had to just check myself and have a conversation with myself and uh, really look at myself in the mirror and ask, who am I? And on the second verse, I had an opportunity to uh, be at an open mic and I met this young lady and I uh, saw her Uh, express her gift. And it's almost as if I could uh, feel her pain and feel the things that she was going through. And so I didn't get a chance to encourage her and give her some encouragement at that point in time, uh, but it stayed on my heart. And when I wrote this song, I wrote the song as if I was standing in front of her 
giving the encouragement to her, but not only to her, but to every female who has struggled with uh, identity issues, who struggle with uh, acceptance, who struggle with love. Um, and I wanted to uh, give them the encouragement and, and uh, tell them who God thinks that they are. So when they're looking at themselves and they ask, who am I? They don't see the person in the mirror. They see who God sees them as. And that is uh, beautifully and wonderfully made. And so that's really what Who Am I is about. I've really been enjoying hearing passion, but there is one point that the EP sort of disappointed me. When I saw the song title, Can I Get a Witness? I mm. thought you were going to give us a Marvin Gaye cover song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I could get that clear, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Obviously, that's not what the song is about. So maybe you should explain it. Right. Can I get a witness is simply talking about, um, you know, we've all been through things that we thought that we would never make it out of. And then once we make it out of it, we are overcome with uh, a feeling of humbleness and a feeling of greatness that says, you know, I made it out and I'm so excited. And I know that not only I made it out, but others made it out as well. And so being able to tell people about what God has brought me through. Um, it's the opportunity to say, you know what, I made it out. Can I get a witness? And that's really uh, what this song was about. And I had the opportunity to uh, minister is a strong word, but I had the opportunity to uh, kind of tell my story and tell what God had done. And, um, you know, when you come out of that, it's that feeling. And you say, you know what? <sighs> that was so awesome. And can I get a witness is simply saying, can anybody else uh, uh, feel me? So that's, I guess that's a church term, no way to be able to say that. Um, she says, can I get a witness? And so um, Eris Ford was a lady who uh, featured on that. And uh, her song and her voice and those smooth tones was just able to uh, kind of bring that thought and that process out. And that's not the first time that you've collaborated with her. Yes. She also featured on Fire, which is a, a worship song um, that was on Long Live the King. Um, talking kind of simply about the same thing that I talked about earlier, not telling people about Jesus. The Bible says, he says, it's like fire shut up in my bones. And so um, for this, I was saying, you know, God, many people desire many different things. The only thing that I really desire is the fire or the presence of God uh, in my music every time I set foot on stage. I want to close this up by asking about the single Pulse from the Passion EP. Does that song really sum up what Melian is all about? Yes, it really does. And, and that's a perfect song to end it. Pulse um, just talks about, uh, you know, how Jesus is my everything. Um, you can't see my heart beating, but you can see the result of my heart beating from my pulse. You know, they don't say, oh, is he dead? Check his heart. No, they say check his pulse because a pulse will let you know that the blood is flowing and pulse will let you know that the heart is beating and um, and how fast it's beating and if it's beating correctly. And, you know, you may not be able to physically see Jesus in my eyes, but you will be able to see the results of what he's done in my life through my pulse. Jesus is my everything. And so um, that's really what that song is talking about. And there's literally no part of my life that doesn't revolve around him. Do you think that people will be passionate about passion? I hope so. I hope that they hear it and I hope it sparks a passion inside of them um, to either get to know God, to give to give him another chance or to reaffirm the relationship that they had with him. 
Um, because many people have, for different reasons, they may not be a Jesus fan or they may not be what they call a religion fan or a Christianity fan because of their experience. And so I hope passion allows them to open their heart, open their ears and just kind of see what God has in store for them and, and, and give them another chance or, or reaffirm the relationship that they had. And so that's my desire that the passion is started, the fire is lit and um, that they have an experience when they listen to passion. Thanks so much for coming for this talk, Million. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to speak and the opportunity to share my record with people.